0: This is Strange Assembly, episode 134, Mass Effect.
1: So are we going to give our viewers, or our listeners, three different endings that are really the same ending?
0: No, because that is way too much work. And I need to be a little maybe more committed to doing uh, less work, I think is a a conclusion I... I perhaps should draw from my recent, uh, experiences. I'm Chris Stevenson. Here with me today are Jay Earl. Hello. And Mike Cook. Hey. Hey. And uh, although that's not even going to be the first thing I talk about, we are a tabletop gaming podcast, Strange Assembly. You can check us out at strangeassembly.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or visit us at facebook.com slash Strange Assembly. If you're one of our regular listeners, you'll notice that it's been over three weeks since you last heard any episode at all, and over a month since you last heard me with Jay and Mike, so I I guess I sort of want to apologize for things having been dead for a while, and sort of not. Yeah, stop having a life, Chris. What kind of nerd
1: gamer are you? Well... um.
0: Yeah, I, I am the sort who has a life. And so yeah, so not not only have we not recorded an episode, but if you check out our website, usually I try to have some sort of update on the website every weekday or almost every weekday. You know, a deck list, a review, some sort of industry news, and if you look at the website for the last three weeks, almost the only thing that we've had up are my Monday Legend of the Five Rings. Cote season statistics reports because those sort of have to go out and then a couple of the coming storm l5r expansion previews because those literally have to to go up that's right you know that's how it works they give you a preview you have to actually post it or it doesn't really work so yeah, basically my life has always been kind of busy and i enjoy strange assembly and doing this because it Let's me do something more with the hobby I enjoy, and it lets me feel that it's semi constructive. You know, I'm actually producing something about it that, however trivial it may be, is actually some sort of content rather than just consuming. But the rest of my life, especially my work, which I don't really talk about here, got busy, but also. There were some things that were extremely stressful, let's say. And I had kind of gotten to the point where, for health reasons, I needed to lay off. And I can't really lay off the other parts of my life. So, Strange Assembly sort of had uh, to take a a very, very far to non-existent backseat. Now, hopefully this won't happen again, but like I say, I'm sorry because I... I like to to put stuff out there and so it creates an expectation perhaps that there's stuff but ultimately I cannot apologize for, no offense putting the non-paying listeners of Strange Assembly behind uh, the other parts of my life. But, one of the things that I I have done with the decompression time that I've had from taking off here is that I finally got to play Mass Effect for for reals. I had made a decision with Mass Effect to I didn't play the first one right away, and then I knew there was going to be a trilogy, so I'm like, you know what? I am going to wait until the whole trilogy is out, and then I am going to get whatever you know Mega Ultimates, Total, what, you know, whatever edition they put out, and I'll just do that, and then I can play it all at once. Of course, by the time that came out, I had kids, and I finally got Mass Effect Trilogy for Christmas last year, and. Lately, I finally had the chance to sit down and play it, and I have to say, it is amazing! I'm sure that everyone who has listened to us probably played this. The first Mask of Bet came out seven years ago, but it's amazing! This game is fantastic! Agreed. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So, you know, I-, I sometimes think that my my preferences for things are are too rooted in nostalgia, you know, I go back and look at oh, what do I think are the best games of this sort or games of that sort and it's, you know, all these things that stretch back way way far into my, you know, at least college if not childhood and it's nice to to play something new to me at least that I was just amazing. Like it is that's that's like one of the best video game series of all time, I think. It's amazing. I feel like I could, I, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to because I'm pretty sure it would bore to death the audience who probably knows all that. I feel like I could sit here and just talk with you guys about the story and the characters. And I actually want to play this game again. I don't know when the last time was that I completed a game and wanted to play it again right away.
2: Did you get to the um, modern Major General?
0: Did you get him to spout it out? <laughs> yes! yes. The Solarian a scientist, Solarian. Solarian. Yeah, that's it. he's he. he is more Morden. Is a he's a, he's a great character. I love him. Yes. Somebody else could have gotten it wrong. Yes. Yes. He's great. Why can't Femshep have a relationship with Morden? Why do you have to have like Thane? What? No. He's so boring. It's not fair. Uh, I don't know. Is there a better way to refer to those than Fem Shep and Bro Shep? Because that really sounds very lame. No, that's
2: how everybody refers to them. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's usually just Shep and Fem Shep. Ah. Which is a bit sexist, but that's. <laughs> I think that's why people tend to say Bro Shep.
0: Yeah, well, the. Uh, I think that because you have to. Unless you've literally disconnected your device from the internet you have to connect to EA's servers to play, and so I think they are, are able to say that something like 80-something percent of Mass Effect careers are are with the male Shepard. So it's... Um, we could talk about why that is or isn't, uh, but certainly... Do you it's... play it on PC? No. Oh, I guess they make you do it on console as well. But, but still amazing amazing they've got to be <laughs> making more of those at some point right i don't know of course yeah they've, they've already announced it surely there'd be some sort of disappointment but i it did make me go and look at their Bi- bioware and bioware and black eye on all their i don't know they've all the various incarnations and i frankly and obsidian i can't really keep track of which people have ended up where yeah, yeah, i know i bought in on the kickstarter for planescape torment
2: well yeah and they just put out the uh well it's not planescape but yeah
0: well, I'm sorry. It, Numen, it's the New Era, Era. Yeah, what? Tormad part, which is I don't know if it is naturally the, but it is if it is not my favorite game ever, it's one of them. Uh, yeah,
2: it's it's uh, it's one of mine as well. But they also just recently put out the uh South Park RPG. Yeah.
0: With Stick of Truth, which has
2: gotten really really good reviews.
0: I will have to say I have to I'm not only am I enthused about Mass Effect, but I, I feel like all of a sudden, because like, I don't have enough time like, oh oh, man, I really should not let, you know, years pass before between me playing a real video game. I
2: don't know. It sounds like you you avoided all of the controversy over
0: the ending for Mass Effect 3. Yeah. I Weirdly, when that... Drama, I should say. Yeah, when that happened, I actually... I mean I was aware enough of it that I went to see what the heck is it that people are talking about but yeah but I for for my playthrough I just downloaded the extended cut or whatever they call it mm-hmm. and so I only played through with that and actually the biggest reason I'm glad I did that is because as far as I can tell without paying them money it is exceptionally difficult to actually get all the different endings, in specifically the I destroy all the Reapers, but I don't die ending. What do you mean without paying them money? Well, because, right, you've got war assets, and then you've got galactic readiness, and if you don't pay them money, your galactic readiness is permanently stuck at 50%.
1: So when when the game was live, they had a free iPhone app that I used to get mine to a hundred. I don't know if that's still. Ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it's still active.
0: You yes, but you have to buy the app now. Do you? Okay. The in, the infiltrator, Mass Effect infiltrator. I don't remember the name of it. Well, yeah, there's a game, yeah. but I, I could
2: have sworn there was another thing that that they had for it.
0: Well, I was not aware of that. This is future Chris here to give you the skinny on the actual situation with the galactic readiness in Mass Effect 3. When Mass Effect 3 was released, there was a free app called Mass Effect Pad. That app was discontinued in the summer of 2013. However, its functionality was moved to Bioware's website, so you can go to social.bioware.com slash n7hq and... Mess around with that to increase your galactic readiness without having to have an EA Online Pass or pay for the Mass Effect Infiltrator app, which is still available for purchase. And so one of the one of the things that the extended cut did was lower that threshold by mm. quite a bit that, that you needed. I don't know how much, right? How much does that really matter? Like, oh, Pali Zora is going to sit there and, and look at... You know, you should probably have slapped
2: spoilers at the beginning of this. I don't know. Maybe it's too late now, since we're giggling at you
0: for finishing it just now. <laughs> the, I, well, yeah, yes, it, it it is a while. I actually had thought I should. I I actually had planned on saying something about spoilers at the start, but but yes, this is a this is a game. Where the, the the last game came out two years ago, but but a note that. As much as I would enjoy talking about it, we're not actually going to talk about Mass Effect anymore. <laughs> so, if if after me, you are the second to the last gamer out there who has not played Mass Effect, I, I uh, could not strongly on. recommend it enough. Yeah. So, let's see, before we move on to the actual tabletop games that this podcast is supposed to be about... Sometimes we talk about sort of digital, board game-ish sorts of things, and do we have anything that we want to say about Hearthstone, which I think is going to make Blizzard about $20 million this year? Oh, or it it like?
2: already has. It's on iPad now.
0: Yeah. Which is
2: hilarious. I got my rank 20, so I could get my Pandaria backs. <laughs> my Pandaria sleeves. Which took me all of about 10 minutes, because I still have like a really strong hunter deck from playing in beta
0: for those of you who haven't done it right it's an online CCG. they have ranked play where it automatically pairs you against somebody who's the same rank as you and the lower rank is better but yeah going from from 25 to, to 20 is pretty brisk
2: yeah well especially when like no one's even coming close so you're getting two stars and only takes once you get three stars uh the next star gets you up to the next level so yeah. it's like every two wins you're going through and I'm playing like a hunter control deck
0: that's very fast. Yeah, so I find myself liking Hearthstone, but in this sort of vague, like, wow, this is really good for something I don't have to pay for, but I just... I, The online things like that, they straddle this realm where they do not give you... The social experience that I like from board and card games, that there's just a, a, a big difference between those things. But they are also not giving you the sort of really eye popping, doing wild and crazy cinematic story stuff that you can get from a traditional video game. And so it's, there's a place for them but it's just not the sort of place where I'm willing to sink money into buying random packs of digital cards.
2: Well, I mean, they do a pretty good job of making it so that money starts having a really, what I want to say, it has a very limited value in Hearthstone, because the only thing you can do is buy a whole bunch of packs and then grind it down to get the legendaries you want. and, and Or maybe hop, possibly hope to get legendaries. But Uh, legendaries are fairly rare and there's no market or anything so there's no way to like trade things to your friends there's no way to buy things from anybody else i mean i suppose you could buy an entire account of course you know blizzard frown upon that
0: yeah you you have to get well i guess they don't have to be extra but you know get copies of whatever you open then you can blow up cards that you own for dust and then use the dust to craft cards and is it maybe a Five ish to one ratio. Uh, uh,
2: it's four, four for the same rarity.
0: Okay, yeah. And if you
2: get a, if you get golden, it's one to one, but you get a non golden version.
0: Yeah, yeah. So because I know I'm, i sitting looking mine. I have, I have no Azure Drakes. I have no Harvest Golems. I have no of uh, whatever the guy is who gives the adjacent minions plus one, plus one, and taunt.
2: Defender of Argus.
0: Yeah, I have yet to open one of those, so I should probably disenchant some things and, and buy those, because those cards are all very good.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, they've got a pretty good setup, so that as long as you don't mind going in and playing every day and clearing out your quests, or every couple days, and clearing out your quests and getting that gold, and then either spending that on the arena or going in and buying packs with it, and you just keep up with it, eventually your your stuff will improve.
0: And then, uh, yeah, and I I think it has it has worked well enough that I if I want to I can go on every few days and and play a couple of games and I can you know and that's something I can do when I'm sort of like okay, I'm tired, I need to lay down, you know, calm so I can fall asleep. Okay, I'll you know, I can play a couple of games of this and then hopefully clear out one of the quests or something like that and get a few extra gold, buy another pack. No. So what about tabletop games? Have you guys done anything with those those, you know, physical games that I hear exist?
1: Well, r- real quick before we transition to that. You remember Star Realms, the uh, deck building game you really liked? Yes. Yep. So they're making an app for it and since I kickstarted cool. it, I got on the beta for it. And it is it is I mean, it's the early beta right now. It's just got like the easy AI or play other people, but it is
0: really fun. That's good, yeah. And that is that's sitting in my the, well, the physical game is sitting in my mm-hmm. cart and at cool stuff for whenever it is that something else you comes hit the out. Threshold. Yeah, that I that I hit a hundred bucks.
2: So speaking of digital card games, Hex entered into closed beta last week. So all the alpha people we had to transfer over and they should be entering into open beta in indeterminate future but probably not too far along they'll probably add the pve content before they actually go into open beta but it should be pretty soon here a whole bunch of new people get in and still coming along it's, it's actually pretty fun
0: yeah oh yeah so so physical things i guess something i i i should note in the going back to the i haven't gotten stuff done i actually Right before I sort of stopped doing things here, I got my copy of Thunderscape, The World of Aiden, which is a, a Pathfinder role-playing game supplement from uh, QDI Games, which is what's, a, or it's a campaign setting, which is primarily led by, flavor-wise, by Sean Carmen, and then mechanics was done by Rich Wolf, which are names that anyone who has ever been involved with Legend of the Five Rings will recognize. and. I got it, and I was—I got it just before I was going to leave on a work trip, where I thought I would actually have no obligations in the evening, such that I would have time. Like, wow, I can actually read this and get the review out right away. And, and I think I—I tweeted something out, like, "Oh, small miracle, should be able to do this review this week," and that was a month ago. So, <laughs> that well, it—I it, mean, I read it and I started the review, and then as I talked about earlier, I. Stopped doing, you know, work that was not something I was getting a paycheck for, or was related to a child.
1: Don't worry. While Sean looked kind of grumpy at Knoxville,
0: I don't think that was specific to that. I think that's just his default setting. Uh, so the, the the review will be getting done at some point. Just to be clear, I kickstarted this. This was not a review copy. So if it was a review copy, then I would have considered myself under an obligation to get it out promptly. But it was not, so... In My very brief thing I would say is that there is an awful lot of interesting mechanics in there. So if you do Pathfinder, regardless of whether or not you have any interest in going and playing in the, the Thunderscape setting, which is interesting in and of itself, but if you are just looking at it, well, is this something worth buying to, to give me options for existing characters or PCs? There are a lot of really cool, really distinctive, really customizable character options that they they have packed in in Thunderscape so I think it's something that I mean somebody who is interested in Pathfinder should take a, a swing at I know that they're also doing PDF versions of the material in other settings like roll and keep and fate but I haven't actually looked at those so I, I cannot speak to them anyhow so tabletop what are you doing in in the tabletop gaming world Jay?
1: So I recently got uh, Pandemic, and well, we've played that a couple times, and it's as hard as I've heard it is, <laughs> but it's I'm fun. Sorry. You should be. What are we talking about? No.
2: I well, I-, I like Pandemic. I feel like it's artificially hard. I, I feel like the, yeah, the Time City deck really makes it, like, harder than it ever should be.
1: Yeah, it definitely felt like, oh, we're about to win. Oh, we've got two turns left. When did that happen? Yeah. I guess we lose.
0: I assume you are, if you're just now playing it, you're playing it with uh, the recent reprint from a year or two ago?
1: I would not know the difference, so probably yes,
0: because recently
1: got the copy, yeah. yeah.
0: Did you make sure that you had the right map? There's a different map. There was an error on the maps in the first print run of the reprint. Like, there was a missing connection between one of the cities, and somewhere else. So you might want to go online and check on that to make sure that your map is, in fact, correct. If you guys just got it, it's probably a later printing, but if it's the wrong board, they can replace that. You're just playing with the base game?
1: For right now, yes. Okay,
0: yeah, well, because I know In the Lab was a an expansion for that last year that a lot of people liked. I haven't had the chance to play that. I, I personally... I. Pandemic is is fun, it's not amazing. There are other co-op games out there play. I actually Flashpoint Fire Rescue to me has a very similar sort of feel to it mechanically with just it's flipping cards up in Pandemic. It's uh rolling dice in in Flashpoint and then trying to deal with that, but I found Flashpoint to be far more thematically engaging. Then I did Pandemic, although Pandemic has, at least at the base game level, has far greater heights of difficulty. If you want to crush your soul, than than Flashpoint does. Yeah, Jay, crush your soul. What about you, Mike?
2: Specifically for tabletop, I got the new season's expansion, but I've not been able to get it. I got the new. Uh, I've not been able to play it. I got the new Marvel Dice Game from um, WizKids. It's based. It's semi based on Warriors, but it looks a lot better. Haven't been able to play it yet. But I did purchase and play the new Street Fighter uh, deck-building game, which is based on the service system, which is the, the Lore of the Rings-slash-DC system that um, Hex... Uh, not, it's not Hex, it's Cryptozoic. Cryptozoic, yeah. Yeah, Hex is the other game they're developing. So I, I got to play it. It's very interesting. It's pretty different from the other cerebrus, from those other deck-builders as similar as it is at the same time, there's a, a number of really interesting differences. One of the m- new mechanics that they act, that they added to it is something called, well, it's just something where you put cards under your player character card. Any cards under your card, you can buy at any time, but and nobody everybody else can see what is under there, but nobody else can buy them. Um, and so some of the mechanics are, instead of just, oh, you strip it out of your deck, it's oh, you have to take that and put it under your card. So it takes it out of your deck, but you can build it, you, you can buy it again, and it it's not just gone permanently, and it's not put back in the middle where other people can buy it.
0: Yeah, does, does that let you, one of the potential problems that some people would complain about, those sorts of systems are, you know, there could be luck in... Did the really awesome, relatively high cost card happen to flip up at just the time when I'm able to afford to buy it? Or does it, oh, I'm just one short and then I never get the chance again? Or, I mean, is, is there some way where you can kind of mitigate the randomness of what comes out by sort of identifying cards in the middle and stashing uh, them there for you to buy later? Or?
2: Well, yes and no. I, I would say because I've, I've, I realized I didn't really mean to, but I've purchased every single one of these games that they've put out,
0: including. Including all of the Lord of the Rings ones. Yes. Wow.
2: They're all they're all actually fairly distinctive from each other, believe it or not. Um, I mean, it's not super distinctive. You know, it's still the same game generally, but they I keep adding very interesting twists that make uh, keep me playing. It, it, it's a fun basic game I can play with almost anybody. So I'm a sucker for deck builders, anyways.
0: I, I do like deck builders. Yeah the the DC deck builder is. Probably, I'm trying to think, if you, if you sat down and you said, I, I want to pick out a deck builder that doesn't, that isn't like bad, but that is, is the most stripped down. It's got the fastest setup. It's the most straightforward to play such that I can introduce an entry level gamer generally or, or entry level to this sort of game. The DC deck builder, I think is what would meet that criteria.
2: Well, and you've got two great properties of Lord of the Rings films and DC Comics, which are both going to have very wide. You're going to be able to bring people in. I've got big comic book friends who aren't super gamers who will be able to play that game. Yeah, but but my point to the uh, what I was saying when I was when I bought all of them when I realized I bought all of them is they've just gotten consistently better at designing the sets. For the most part, you just don't run into the same log jams that you used to get. Like, original DC Deck Builder, cards were fairly expensive overall, and it was very easy to get a board where nobody could buy anything, especially early game. So everybody was just kind of buying kicks, and that's not really super ideal. Kicks should be like a baseline card, a card that I buy from the center row should be in some way better than a kick, unless it's just like a situational card I don't want to try and buy into. Um, and That's really the design that they've gone with, and it it pays off pretty well in most of their games. The other interesting thing with Capcom is your character cards don't have abilities like they do in uh, DC, and you don't have an extra card you shuffle in to replace one of your other cards like you do in Lord of the Rings. Instead, it has a counterattack, and what you do is you actually start with your Ultra card under your character, so only you can buy it. Once you buy it, it's they're all six-cost cards. They have both an attack and defense, and the cards in the middle are much more attack-focused than they have been in the past and with other systems. So there's much more chances to avoid attacks. So what you do is when you have your Ultra in your hand and you get attacked, you can play the defense, and if a player attacks you, they have to take your counterattack and do it. And generally what it does is it strips something good out of their deck and puts it underneath their card. And then it gets shuffled in and you get to draw another card for it because you avoided the attack.
0: Okay, so now may I presume from what you've said that you think that mechanically this is the best of the what four?
2: Uh I need I only got to play it once. I need to play it okay. more. I just like that it's different and it feels more like a Street Fighter would to me. It really does feel more kind of, you know, we're trying to kind of punch each other more than DC or Lord of the Rings. For using basically the same system, they've gotten... I, I admire how much difference they managed to build into the sets and into the games.
0: Yeah, let's see. What have I played lately? The, the little uh, new things that I've gotten to do. I played Carcassonne South Seas, so... If you haven't played Carcassonne, you, you probably should. And it's a tile-laying game where you lay a tile and then you can play a meeple. I mean, it's the origin of meeples. And in the base Carcassonne, you're either putting it on a city or you're putting it on a road or you're putting it on a field, and the later tiles have to match up, and then you score points when you're, the city that your meeple is on completes or the road completes, that that sort of thing. South Seas is this, th- that same core mechanic, except that it's islands instead of cities and it's plank bridges instead of roads and, and that sort of thing. There's, there's some uh, minor differences that are, aren't really worth going into. The big difference is that you don't directly get victory points for completing those features. What you get instead is some resources you can get shells or fish uh, or or whatever and then at the end of each of your turns you can buy a tile a ship tile uh from a selection of four or five and if you buy one another one gets flipped up and each of those you requires a different quantity and kind of resource to buy and then those are worth victory points and you get a few victory points at the end for uh For resources that you have left over. I enjoyed it. The downside for me is, and I, and I feel like I've felt this about a lot of games, is that it is a, it is a complication to Carcassonne. And to me, part of the point of Carcassonne is that it is very straightforward and that it is not complicated. That for, for gamer, for gamer gamers, it's, you know, pretty light and a filler and, that means that it's a very good introductory game. I mean, I I still think that Ticket to Ride is absolutely the best introductory game, but Carcassonne is pretty good too. And so, for the sort of purposes that I want Carcassonne, I don't want the extra complication of the South Seas stuff, and because I don't feel it adds enough strategically to the game that I'd want to take away that that streamlined factor from from base carcassone does that make sense
2: yeah no absolutely yeah. it does yeah carcassone as simple as it is the math can get a little complicated sometimes too
0: yeah yeah i mean i think the other rules difference is that that may be noteworthy that i forgot about is that you can actually just voluntarily pick your guys up whereas in carcassone once you if i recall correctly once you put a guy down they're stuck if you want that guy back, that's on the road. You got to complete the road, so right. you can actually end up with some, you know, having put a guy down in a suboptimal position, and now you can't get him back, and you're you're locked out.
2: Well, except for the farmlands where you can never get him back.
0: That's right, and you you actually can pick up your guys for the the farmlands equivalent, which is it's just o- sea or ocean, and your guys. It represents your guy fishing. You get fish, so and that's another noteworthy one so it's your your guys are a bit more fluid i wonder how it would sort of play if you just took base carcassone and you did something like that i don't think there's any way to do the fish because there's a particular trigger that causes the guy to be picked up but to do the thing where you just let the players pick things up so people you know a new player would not have to worry about getting their guys stuck or Getting, sitting there with not having any guys to play and being forced to just pray that they get the right tile to rescue the guy that's, that's stuck where they don't want it. But I doubt I'm curious enough about that to actually figure it out. <laughs> uh,
2: Sorry, well, there's one other quick thing that I did. They released Yomi on iPad last week. Okay. When they did Hearthstone. It is an app that they put out on iPad where it's a basically a fighting game simulator. So you have your character, and your character has a deck of cards. And it's like a regular playing deck of cards. So it's got all uh, all the suits and all of the 1 through 13. But they do different things. They have different attacks, and they have different defense. So it's the throw, block, attack circle that you normally get. Because that's already kind of that rock, paper, scissor game in fighting games. But the attacks have different speeds, the blocks have different speeds. If you're trying to block and I throw, then I do damage to you. It's got a bunch of really interesting systems. The decks are very, sp- they're specific to each character, so they come out being very different, even though they, like, the base level are kind of constructed the same. It, it's, it's hard to describe without actually playing it, and it sounded a little hokey to me, but then I got, I actually played a couple of rounds, I'm like, wow, this game is really good. And it's something that I've been seeing around for forever, and I just had never played. And that led me because apparently it's the same thing as Puzzle Strike. It's the same characters.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: And then Puzzle Strike is at just a di- kind of a Dominion it clone ish type thing, but it actually has a different mechanic with it. And I'm like, how did I not know these games were cool when my local f- uh, board game place was selling them? Because now nobody has it.
0: Oh yeah, Puzzle Strike. Did that? I went through maybe three editions. Yeah, with adding yeah. different characters. Yeah, they're all done by. It's it's Serlin Games, which is yep. Richard Serlin, and he... Right, I think it's Richard. Future Griss again. Nope, that's David Serlin. And mm-hmm. he first made his chops back in Street Fighter stuff. He was the one who, I think, designed the the puzzle fighter... I don't know. I don't remember what they call it. The Prime version or whatever the sort of fixed thing is. And he's done a number of, of online designs, and I think... Almost all of his own game design. We, well, if one wanted to speak of it dismissively, might one say it's it's a, it's a large selection of rock paper scissors variants. It's very much on that, very mathy. I know if you go look him up, there are some really snide rants back about back in the day about Street Fighter tournament play. Basically, he would be be right at home. He's right at home on the internet, like the rest of us. being a a snob about our own particular spheres. So you can get Puzzle Fighter physically, you can get Yomi physically, and so for the app, Mike, is that a pay a flat fee, get everything? Or is it one of these, buy the app, get two decks, and then it's an in-app purchase to get all the other characters.
2: It's a 50-50. It's, uh, you pay 10 bucks and you get 10 of the decks. So you get 10 characters. And then there's an in-app purchase to pay $10 to get the other 10 characters. But you can play against them with the AI. Like the AI will still play them.
0: That is nice, because I know I like that in my, in Summoner Wars, which I play yeah. a little bit on, on the app, is that I, Have most of the decks, but not all of them. But yeah, I can, I can still play against them for a little bit more variety. Don't have to just be like, okay, it's the dwarves again. Yep. So another recent thing I've played is one of these new hotness sort of things out there, which is Concordia. It's a Mac, Mac Gertz game. It is literally trading in the Mediterranean. You have the Roman Empire at sort of the the furthest flung expanse of its reach you so you've got the mediterranean The mediterranean's sort of the the southern half of the board with northern africa along the bottom and britain's in the upper left corner that that sort of thing and you uh you there's got to be a name for this but i don't know what it is but it's one of these mechanics for you you have a hand of cards And on each of your turns, you play a card for whatever the effect is. And then one of your cards is pick all the cards back up out of your discard pile. So you have all these different options, but you only get to take one of them until you spend an entire turn picking everything back up. Very Euro game. You have little ships, and you have little workers or colonists or whatever. I think they're colonists. And you have to, to expand out into the Empire and you build cities, and there's five different resources, and then when you're taking your your actions, you can flip over. You can choose to produce in a particular province, which gets production for everyone who has the cities in that province, depending on what their cities are. But if you're the one who took that action, then you get an extra bonus, and then nobody can produce from that province again until somebody takes the produce action to flip all the... You you mark that by flipping the tile a tile face down and then you flip them all back over and you get cash as your action instead of producing. There's a card row. You can buy uh, a couple of things. You get improved versions of cards by buying things out of the card row. That defines the end game. But they're also victory points because each of the cards, including the cards in your starting deck are dedicated to one of the the gods you know jupiter saturn mercury whatever and each of those gods gives you victory points in different ways at the end of the game so there's one that gives you victory points for having lots of cities there's one that gives you victory points for having presence in lots of provinces one that gives you victory points for having as many possible of your ships and colonists out on the board and and that sort of thing So You have to kind of assess what your best opportunities are at the time. How much you have to diversify in order to be able to produce all of your resources. Whether or not you have the ability to to sort of kind of build up. I can manage to buy tons and tons of cards that are for Mars. I think is the one that rewards you having lots of pieces on the board. Well, now all of a sudden, taking the action to get me more colonists becomes a lot more valuable victory point wise, and then. You know, as so you can figure out how you have to leverage it like that. I think it's solid. It's definitely fun to play, and it's definitely got a, a different mechanic. I mean, I really like Work Replacement, but I played a lot of Work Replacement, and this is a not a. It's not a new mechanic. Uh, I know I like Mission Red Planet. I think is a noteworthy game that that uses that, but I think it's a a more distinctive, or not more distinct, but but it's still a lesser a less used mechanic than just a more straightforward worker placement or role selection i think that's concordia designed by Mac gertz and uh, i think cranio creations is the publisher i don't know you guys have anything else want to mock any uh, origins or dice tower awards nominations uh, i
2: haven't even looked i mean um.
0: if you insist <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the uh I, I, the, I think the Origins Awards nominations are better this year than they have been in years past. Do they still have, like, 8-year-old games on there? I do not think they have 8-year-old games on here anymore, at least not that I noticed. I, I think they're all actually from, you know, within the last year or so. Probably the category that was the most eye-rollingly pathetic was the CCG category, which consisted entirely of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! expansions.
1: Look, they got to catch them all
0: really with with theros out well here's here's part of the thing with the origins awards you have to nominate yourself (laughs) wizards gives no f's somebody has to nominate whatever it is and then send in enough copies of the games to gamma for them to distribute them to whoever it is who is involved in the initial selection process which who that is varies from category to category. It's not like they've got the same exact group of people picking the RPG stuff as picking the historical miniature stuff, which I know absolutely nothing about, versus picking the the normal board game stuff. But it's a lot easier to be like with the board games, sort of say like, oh well, I mean that's at least a good game. I don't know if that's my favorite, but you could sort of see that. But y- Yu-Gi-Oh, I just have nothing whatsoever to good to say about that. I mean, I guess Pokemon at least. I, I think has some sort of role as a very entry-level thing for kids. I know there are plenty of people who aren't kids who play it. I don't...
2: It's, it, it's from what I've seen, it's a decent medium-level game.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I... You know, for me, it, it would never have enough depth. Although, it could be the, the bane of of me at some point. Because I... As I've always said, like, when I... Well, this is what I've always said. At the point at which I stop playing L five R or something like that is probably if there's some point in time when when one of my kids actually wants to to start doing something like that because there's no way that that's what they're going to start with and, and I'll just say right now I may I may think that you know L five R is ten times the game that Pokemon is but if I can play L five R myself or with you guys or I can play some other game where I can also have my kid in there, Then, and I probably have to choose one, because you can't really seriously play, at least, not unless you have an awful lot of time, you can't really seriously play multiple CCGs. I don't think they just take too much time and and treasure to get heavily tournament into. If I have to choose between those things, I'm going to choose the one that I get to do with my kid. So. Do you
2: buy things with treasure?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that might explain some things. <laughs> if that happens, I really hope that he'll just go straight to, to magic, or as he calls it, dragons versus zombies. Hey, that's not a bad description. Never have been less accurate. It, it's because, the, not that he can actually play, but I, my, my three-and-a-half-year-old, but I have played ish magic with him. But what we've played entirely is the it's is it's the Izzet versus Golgari dual deck. And so on the box you've got the Golgari have these zombies and then on the Izzet deck it's got Niv mizzet the the hive mind or whatever he is, the their legendary dragon. So he calls it dragons versus zombies. So um
2: not accurate.
0: Yeah we actually played that yesterday and again i'm air quoting the word played but
2: hey I, I smashed the whatever out of the game boy pokemon game because <laughs> there was no multiplayer and they had incredibly broken cards that you get multiple copies of in your deck
0: i've never played a car- the card game version of pokemon on any sort of online thing i have i mean i did play actual po i mean just the plain old pokemon video games they were decent i mean they weren't amazing or anything but they weren't they were quite fun. Right. I thought
1: supposed to be just like RPGs. Just instead of leveling yourself, you're leveling your pets, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it's basically what it is. But th- there is a very large part of battling and trading. That's what it's one of those things because it's a multiplayer game. Multiplayer can elevate something that's like eh, by itself to like oh well, I've got competition. And I want to be the best at it or whatever. It makes it, you you'll play something a lot more than normally would. I and mean, that's what a lot of what Pokemon has going for.
0: Yeah, well, like, kind of like I talked about earlier, that kind of... That that sort of thing misses for me in in video games anymore because I just... The multiplayer, I just want the, the social. I don't know when the last time was. Well, I
2: Pokemon is usually, like, face-to-face.
1: I mean, you're both having Game Boys there. Oh. Right, you had to get out of the cable and plug into each other, and yeah.
0: Well, I have to admit that I never actually... I don't think I've... I think the only handheld video game system I've owned is, like, an iOS device. Because when I was a kid, my parents never bought anything like that for me. And then, as an adult, I don't know what the heck I would do with a a specific device like that. I mean, I guess I've ended up using the iOS enough, but...
2: I, I did not have the Neo Geo uh, handheld, and... I think one of the 3DS systems I d- ended up not having, and I think I've—I do not have a Vita yet. And everything else I've had, every other uh, handheld video game system I've had, just about.
1: Based on what I've seen of Mike, if you have a DS, what you do with it is you try to get fast passes, street passes. 3DS. 3DS. Okay. Street My bad. Passes, yes. You try to get street passes from random strangers.
0: Yep. What's a street pass? I don't. You know what? I don't want to know. I don't want to know what a Street pass is. Uh. <laughs>
2: Correct. It's, it's a fantastic way to waste an hour or ten at a convention.
0: But okay. I think, did you gentlemen have any uh, final thoughts for our audience? Did we have thoughts? any
1: thoughts period for our audience? <laughs> <laughs> we came up with the same joke. Yes, we did
0: yes yes i didn't say they had to be good thoughts i mean i understand I, I know you guys i'm not asking for high quality insight here just you know words assembled in some sort of semi-intelligible sentence i
2: i thought you just said you knew us
0: <laughs> okay squeaks or squeak squeak them yes I, I, I think we're gonna gonna call it a night on this one Hopefully, it will not be this long again until the next episode, because certainly there's lots of cool Legend of the Five Rings stuff that we can talk about. Siege decks! Oh, that's so awesome. Previews already up. But yes, The Coming Storm previews are starting. You can see some of those actually on, on Strange Assembly. But again, I, you know, I know I've said this seven times, but I, it must have been a while since I got, really taken with the new video game just partially just cuz i don't do it anymore but mass effect is awesome yes i'm i'm glad that i'm really glad that, that that's out there and that somebody's still making some quality stuff like this now i'm now i'm excited to to see something maybe i'll i'll have the to new hit... dragon age is coming out in august dragon age inquisition yeah although here's the problem i don't have anything that can play that <laughs> i don't have an xbox one i don't have a playstation 4 and i'm pretty sure that i since i it's been so long since i really did uh, pc gaming with real games that i'm fairly confident without even looking that my system would choke and die trying to run a real video game anymore
2: they may put it out on PS3 and they may put it out in 360. It's still
0: at that gap. Well, yeah, but it's but by the time next October rolls around, I don't know. I'll worry about that at the time. But yes, I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to that more. And I have to go I I hopefully I haven't played it since I can't remember. Now I need to go back and see if I actually played Dragon Age 2 or not. I cannot remember. You
2: may have blocked it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I looked at some of the I looked at some of the rating stuff and I'm like, oh, this one uh it does not sound like people people liked it as much. But or, or maybe I'll just yeah. go get The Last of Us or something. That seems to people seem to think that's awesome. But it's pretty good. Game. <laughs> but that is it for this episode of Strange Assembly. You can check us out on the web at StrangeAssembly.com. You can also go on iTunes to subscribe to the podcast. You can visit us at the usual social media sites at strange assembly on twitter facebook.com slash strange assembly i am always looking forward to hearing your feedback so you can contact me directly that's chris at strange but until then for j earl and mike cook i'm chris stevenson and this is strange assembly never stop gaming shepherd very model of a scientist Solarian. I've studied species Turian, and Batarian. I'm quite good at genetics as a subset of biology because I am an expert which I know is a tautology. My xenoscience studies range from urban to agrarian. I am the very model of a scientist Solarian.